Hello again and welcome everyone to Man Up, the men's mental health podcast. My name is Andy Richardson and sitting over in Estonia is the omnipotent Tommy Danqua. How are you, sir? Did you just call it omnipotent? That's um, that's biblical almost, isn't it? That's what I, they say I, in church. Um, 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 I can't say the word. Um, yeah. Omnipotent. That's right. I am godlike. I'm feeling godlike, so thank you. I'll take yeah. that. Well, I always come <laughs> up with some sort of adjective, and that is the first one I could think of. So there you go. I'll take it. I'll take it. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, not bad. Um, I've uh, yeah, my work's quietened down a little bit, so I'm busy um, doing some um, music at the moment, doing some recording, which is going well. Uh, the album's written, and I'm just sort of making it sound good at the moment, and I'm just preparing for a wet weekend at the wilderness festival so i'm just packing stuff up for that which will be good um camping this weekend and next weekend so um i'm sort of doing anti-rain dances at the moment in the garden but yeah all good in the hood how about yourself doing very well thank you very well keeping well um busy obviously some holidays are still here kids are still here nothing i can do about that but uh life goes on but yeah, everything's all right, actually. Everything's all right. I'm sort of finding a bit more time for myself, a bit of self-care, which is good. So I've been putting everybody else first, you know, like you do with kids and everything. So just it seems like it's nonstop. I've kind of been a bit more selfish recently and just been like, okay, you can handle this for a moment. Daddy's going to go and just take, you know, 15, 20 minutes and just like do something for me, whether I read something or just, just take a breather, you know, walk in yeah. the dog leg. Well, just sort of get out and make sure that I don't sort of explode because I mean we haven't got kids, but you know, kids are menaces. That's the polite yeah. way of saying kids are assholes. And um yeah. <laughs> Especially mine. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, it's working, it's working. So I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. And it's just nice to be back again doing another podcast, mate. It is, yeah. I mean, because it wasn't that long um, since the last one, so we're doing we're on a we're on a roll at the moment, which is uh, which is all good, all good. Things are getting back to order, aren't they? As they should be, as as they should be. Yep. Yeah. And I'm sort of you know because I'm not running around doing a lot of stuff at the moment. I'm sort of getting back into some better habits at the moment. So I've started oh, regular meditation again, which is good. Um, nice. Which is always a good thing. Um, and exercise as well. I did a dance, uh, an online dance class this morning. Oh, Wait, love- what? <laughs> Sorry, go on, say. <laughs> oh. You did a dance class, what, you in your front room, like just having a little boogie on down? I, I was, I'd love to have videoed myself because I just looked such an, an idiot. It wasn't a live one, it was just like a sort of Apple um, fitness thing, but I did this... Um, a uh, bit of presenting a couple of weeks ago for Deutsche Bank and um, I got people up on stage and I danced around with them and after about two minutes I was absolutely knackered and I thought right this is a I am really unfit and this is a really good way to get fit dancing so um, it's also great for mental health do you remember when I said this um, dance like no one's watching put on your favorite song and just have a good old boogie how that it is very good for mental health yeah could you know it just gives you a complete shift in your mindset doesn't it? it's amazing it is yeah. amazing i want yeah. a video next time i wanted to share with you that after our last podcast you spoke about intermittent fasting yes and how it's made you feel and i was very inspired by that and for the last sort of 13 days i've actually been dipping my toe into that well if you like and it's been oh, yeah. really interesting. yeah so which one are you doing the 16 8 one um no no, I'm, yes, I am actually, sorry, yeah, I am, 16-8. <laughs> so quite full on for someone who is a greedy little porker like me. I've really, really sort of, I think, been comfort eating. But um, yeah, it's definitely gave, given me a bit of a spring in my step and I feel it's almost like taking control again, which has been really empowering, which has really sort of made me feel great and uh, which in turn has inspired me to do a lot more things like get back onto. Um, Know, uh, learning the language again and reading more, drinking lots of water because obviously 
whenever I get hungry, which is all the time, I try and sort of, you know, take my mind off it by doing something positive. So it's actually been a really nice shift and stuff. And I do, I feel a lot more, like a bit more zest and stuff, which has been great. It's been really That's interesting. Fantastic. Yeah, so I was really excited to tell you about that. And I wanted to message you, but I thought, no, I'm going to save it so I can say on the podcast. So I've got something to talk about. Oh, that's really good. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very happy for you. It's, yeah, and it's not that hard, is it, really? Not really, not really. But uh, yeah, but also it inspires you to eat a bit healthier as well, doesn't it? Which again is uh, stopping that snacking, which is what I was doing, which is no good for you. And also knocking, yes. you know, sort of haven't been drinking either. Like, you know, quite often like a weekend, I'll have a glass of wine or two. I've not been doing that because obviously you have a glass of wine next day, you wake up, you want to eat crap, don't you? So I've just yeah. been... It's been it's been really nice actually. So yeah, I'm feeling good. So I'm, I wanted to share that with you before we crack on. Yes, some guests. We do we do have some guests. We do have some guests. I just wanted to share something very briefly with you before we get them on. They're they're waiting patiently for us, so they'll be That's on good. in a sec. Um, oh, I don't know whether I should share this or not, but I I went to see Barbie. Right, <laughs> I went to I see Barbie over, in the film, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Tommy has left the chat. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, but you know, it's like because um, I w- I went basically. I was in a I wasn't in the best mood for it. You know, I didn't have any s- sleep because I was camping, and I got so soaked on the way there because I decided to do like a coastal walk rather than drive to the cinema. Is while we were camping, so I had wet feet. I had no sleep, and I sat and I watched it. I fell asleep for a little bit of it, and um, <laughs> it's very much. It's a great. It's actually in hindsight, it's a great film, and it's all about female empowerment. But I have to say, and I don't know how I should have had this reaction. I did feel a little, a little bit sorry for the Kens, right? <laughs> because mm-hmm. and they're meant to represent the, the the patriarchy, basically, you know. And I felt a bit sorry for them because they end up getting quite a bad lot. And you know, really, it should be about equality, not about you know completely knocking down the patriarchy. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, but as you've not seen the film. We can't really have this discussion, can we, about um, male empowerment and female empowerment? But that is, yeah. (laughs) I've actually heard a lot of good things about it. Um, Actually, you know, Human, they actually did a post about it talking about the Kens and exactly what you're talking about, Mm. feelings of self-worth and stuff like that. So there's quite a link to Barbie, the movie with men's mental health, from what I've read. Uh, My wife invited me to go and see it. I was busy that day. Um, So she went with a friend. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I, I do jest like laughing if you're going to see it. Did you wear pink? Um, I did not wear pink. No, no, no. Because it was a bit of a laugh. You're half arsed. <laughs> you need to make an effort, mate. I'll tell you what. Watch it, and then we'll have a discussion. How about I, do you know what? I will do that, and uh, it will be because you told me to, not because I actually secretly want to watch it. <laughs> anyway, right, right. Let's get on with it. Right, today we have actually two guests. Um, which is very exciting, very exciting indeed. So it's a number of men all chatting with each other about mental health, which is only, can only be a really good thing. Absolutely. Uh, our first, yes, exactly. Um, our first guest is um, ex-England and Premiership Rugby Union player Greg Bateman. And we've also got uh, Premiership and England Saxons player Kai Hortzman. Uh, they are preparing to summit the uh, Western Europe's highest peak which is Mount Blanc, Mount Blanc, blank, however you say it. Uh, and they're doing it in aid of uh, the mental health charity Loose Heads, which is a rugby um, mental health charity. So today we're going to talk about their own mental health journeys in the macho world of rugby and beyond and all sorts of other stuff. So hello, gents. How are you? We're good, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, I don't know who you, you want to speak, but this is Kai here, so I thought I'd, I'd jump in before Greg, because otherwise he can talk glass-eyed sleep. Um, thanks very much for having us on. Um, good to be here. Have, have you seen Barbie? No, I haven't, actually, but I have got two girls um, who are uh, itching to go. I think they've, they've been already with their mum, actually, but they said they'd go again with me, so I just need to get a, a full-length fur coat and I'm in. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Um, and Greg, how are you? Yes, uh, very well. Thank you very much. Uh, I haven't seen Barbie, uh, but um, <laughs> I, I was asked to audition for Ken, but just got pipped to the post by Ryan. <laughs> uh, 
got he got pipped to the post by every other man. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, so so um so firstly um right Greg first so so you're recently ish uh, retired um it, how how is retirement for you so far? Um, to be honest, I, I've been asked this question a lot, how retirement has been, because a transition out of sport um, can be particularly difficult for athletes um, across lots of different sports. Um, but I think because I'd planned for retirement quite well and I had something to go straight into, uh, to be honest, I finished on the last Friday of May 2022 and on the, mon- the following Monday, I've been uh, full-time people's captain so i've been pretty busy and trying to keep myself um busy but i don't miss it one bit at the moment to be honest i'd speak to the lads that are still playing and, and kind of feel like i'm not missing out too much but uh, i don't know kai how have you found tra- retiring um yeah similar i mean I, th- I think um i think the idea of another pre-season pretty much retired me really so this time of year i don't miss it at all you see some videos of them in hell on the beach and things like that, but um, doing beach sessions. I think um, that there's elements of it you miss greatly. Um, you know, the camaraderie, uh, the, you know, essentially playing with your best mates is, is a pretty cool thing to do. Um, so I'm, I'm, I miss big elements of the change room and, and, and game day, but a lot of it I don't miss. I think the transition was, was a tough one. Um, uh, I, I was similar to Greg. I was quite lucky in, in terms of I, I got a, a job within the rugby club, extra chiefs that I was playing with, just in the commercial side, mm. uh, which I enjoyed doing, and that that certainly helped um, ease the transition. But um, it is a little bit of a light switch moment when you retire. You know, it, it's being a rugby player is your identity, and um, you, one day you're a professional rugby player, the next minute light switch you're not. Um, so it does take some adjustment for sure. Yeah, because we, we uh, recently um, spoke to Frank Bruno. Well, not that recently, but fairly recently. And he spoke quite uh, candidly about how retiring um, had a really bad effect on his on his mental health, basically. Um, and I guess it's the buzz of the competition uh, that, that sort of you miss, really, isn't it? But... Um, uh, yeah, happens to a lot of people. Uh, do you know any other rugby players that have sort of struggled since retirement? Yeah, I, sorry, Kai, I'll go before you. But I don't think it's unique to rugby. I think Kai mentioned a word earlier about identity, and uh, that's probably the biggest thing for any athlete because from you know early teens, that is what you are is very linked to who what you do. Um, whereas other professions, you know, generally don't have that um, sort of identity attachment to it. And I think sport, you know, you spend your time um, being the rugby player or the pole vault or the boxer, whatever it is. And that's the biggest issue. And I think um, there's been more and more research coming out. There's a guy called David Lavelli who did a bunch of research on this that actually if athletes are given the opportunity to explore other things while they're playing, it improves their performance, but also their resilience for life afterwards because their identity isn't wrapped up in being that person. Um, because Kai's right, it is amazing. You do take the field with your best mates every week, but it is a little bit consuming and there's a lot of pressure that comes with that as well, particularly when the team's not performing well, you can take that home. And it's it's difficult. Um, so that would be my reflection. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think I think it's it's also an element of how how you retire. So um, from a personal level, I'm very fortunate in terms of um, I played for a very long period of time, and I made the decision myself to retire, um, which certainly helps. I mean, it's still still really tough, you know, um, because of that identity piece Greg sort of touched on. But a, a, a number of guys we kind of played with retired, you know. At, out of things they couldn't control, you know, whether it be injury, whether it be um, the contract not being there for them, um, and that that makes it that that's that much harder to deal with, really. And sadly, both Greg and I have got players we played with who have really struggled. Mm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, Joe, it sounds like you both got out of the game really well and almost like on your well, not almost, definitely on your own terms. So that's that's really nice to hear. But um, so I, I'm interested. What was it like? You're like rugby is a really sort of macho sort of sport, isn't it? So what was it like as a rugby player when you did feel 
out of sorts if you did spiral with your mental health? You know, what was it like among, you say you mentioned, you mentioned you playing with your friends. Were you able to talk to them or was there like support within the club at all? What was it like? Well, for, for me, because I was particularly public about um, struggling with this while I was playing, um, I was really surprised because I felt very nervous about telling my mates and telling people what I was going through. Um, but actually, as soon as I'd opened that door and that conversation, uh, the support was pretty overwhelming, to be honest. And I think um, as being having been one of those other lads in the changing room, you know, and I would be a really good example of this, lethal, lethal banter and, you know, pretty difficult times to be around. But you do know that if you had a problem and you needed to, you needed some help, he would have been one of those people that would have been there um, should you need it anyway. So I think I'm kind of coming at that from two angles. One as somebody that has been very public about um, having had some struggles, but actually the the solace that I found in in talking, but also uh, the camaraderie that that change room has, that if you're brave enough to have that conversation, the lads will be there for you. Amazing. It's Yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because as soon as you open the door um, to allow someone to, talk to you especially if you're a man then then it's very surprising people almost feel a sense of relief that they can actually talk to you about that stuff and um you know I find that men actually love talking about their own sort of mental health problem because they don't get a very get much of a chance to do it you know so if you give someone you know the opportunity open the door for them then you'll normally be pleasantly surprised you know it's only a real a real arsehole that will, you know, if you say I'm struggling with my mental health and them saying, oh, man up or something, you know, I, 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 I would have thought that's, um, that sort of behaviour is, you know, more and more rare these days. Yeah, it is. I, th- I think, Greg's right, you know, I mean, the, one of the bigger reasons we're doing this climb for loose heads is I think um, just creating that e- easier platform within a rugby club, giving them the tools that you can be an option because you know ultimately you're in an environment where it the whole focus is about being better being winning um succeeding mm-hmm. driving yourself and you got your blinkers on you know you kind of as an individual you, you drive you driving yourself forward to be the best you can for your teammates for your team for your club for yourself family and you don't want anything anything to get in the way that can be deemed to be stopping that and if loose heads are doing a great job just creating because there are some enormous lows within professional sport that doesn't really get talked about or looked at because you know the limelight is about lifting the trophies at the end of the season it's about these great success things but it is a massive pressure cooker it's um you know it's 24 7 it's relentless it's about and but there's so there's so many hard times within that and there are moments when you do do need someone to to offload on and you know thankfully you know during my career you know i had some really strong friendships that you can kind of do that with but Loose heads are doing a great campaign to try and make it that much easier for players to, to offload. Yeah, we'll talk about um, loose heads in a minute. Um, I just wanted to, because um, Greg mentioned, um, you know, you've spoken a lot about your personal problems. I mean, there might be quite a few people listening to this who haven't uh, looked at that. I mean, do you mind just telling us your sort of personal mental health journey, Greg, and, and maybe Kai, if you've had any uh, experience of, of sort of mental health issues as well? Uh, sure, yeah. I mean, it's fairly well documented, but um, 2017 turning into 18, uh, just uh, hit hit an absolute wall and was really, really struggling. And I think the majority of that is that I wasn't given the tools to know what I was dealing with. And often when I talk about this now, I kind of look back retrospectively and I literally had no idea what was going on, but um, it was pretty clear afterwards that it was, um, uh, you know, how bad mental health can get. And for me, actually the moment that really changed things around was having a pint with with my best mate in a pub because he knew that something had been up for a significant period of time, but I knew that I needed to get talking about it. And that safe place was, you know, yeah, maybe the first time I was honest with somebody but 
more importantly myself about how I was feeling and and what um and what was going on there were some you know causational things like in life that were happening but equally I think um there's been plenty of signals across the years that um you know I had a propensity for uh those feelings I guess and I think you know I'm kind of passionately on this mission to you know get people in these kind of social moments that happen all the time to just check in with them and see how they are and, and provide an opportunity for people to open up because it's it can be pretty difficult um but it's much easier to meet people where they are in the social moments that are already happening than it is to i mean your intro you know you guys just catching up with yourselves was great but most blokes are going to really struggle to do an online dance class, meditate and do some intermittent fasting off the bat. It's yeah. much more likely that they're going to chat with somebody in a situation that they're really used to, like a changing room, the local boozer, uh, going out for a walk. We need to kind of pull down the steps that we're asking people to take before that they can feel like they can open up mm. that's, that's not a criticism of you guys either it's just clearly that you're you've been on this journey for for a long time do you know what i mean um yeah. as have i and i've tried those things and i can testify that they're all really great uh but that's kind of where my um mission has led us to i suppose yeah yeah there is there is there is a i guess yeah small steps at a time what's what you're saying and and there has to be some sort of opening you know just don't go to some up to someone and say do a dance class you know you're feeling bad do a dance class you know it's not it's not that simple me and tommy have had a very very long mental health journey um if you want to listen to our 60 podcasts on it you can but um you know (laughs) so look i've got a question it's a bit of a leading one actually because obviously um you've it's going to lead on to talking about loose heads so obviously when you're in the change rooms i I believe it's quite different have things changed now obviously the work you're doing what you said you mentioned sorry i'm I'm stuttering you mentioned you're doing some really good work um have you seen or noticed a change within the rugby community in the change rooms and stuff like that among your fellow professionals that's probably difficult for Kai and I to answer really honestly because we're, we're not in those changing rooms now. Mm-hmm. I would like to think, and Kai, I'd be interested to see what you think because you started 100 years before I did, but <laughs> I would like to think that from the time that I started to the time I finished, attitudes towards this had, have changed significantly and it would be okay and acceptable for someone to go up to their coach, their teammates, and say, I I haven't got it today. I'll give you everything I've got, but I haven't got it, and just be left alone. But Kai, would you say that's that would be fair, that there's been a change? Yeah, I'm still trying to get over the visions of you salsa dancing at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I think, um, oh, huge, mate. I think, you know, back when I first started, there is a bravado in the, in the change room still, of course there is, but it's so much more acceptable. And I think, um, and I think that's that's not just that's not just in rugby environment. I think it's life in general. Like, you know, it, there has been a great campaigns across loads of different platforms to make people very much more aware of it and um, make it more acceptable. This is a problem in, in everyday life and struggles do happen in everyday life and there are ways to ease those struggles. Um, you know, there's no getting around it. You know, just from, from my own personal journey, of course, there's, there's always been, you know, in, in, all, in all, you speak to anyone, there is moments where they've had really tough periods and that's just, it's shit, isn't it? And that is life, there is shit periods. But if, you, if there is the ability to sort of have a yawn and, as Greg says, go for a beer and be on those sort of platforms you find yourself anyway and feel that you're surrounded by people who are actually going to listen and help you sort of get through it. Bloody hell, let's make it half easier. Mm. Yeah. I, get, I guess in with rugby, I mean, you have to be, especially when you're about to go on the pitch and when you're on the pitch, you have to be quite sort of, you know, uh, you have to sort of 
wind yourself up. You have to be macho. You have to be sort of big and bold and, uh, you know, aggressive in, in a way. Um, and so that is something that's all necessary for that, for that job, isn't it? Um, so, I mean, we've often talked about, spoken about masculinity and toxic masculinity and, and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I guess there is a place for masculinity. You know, it's, 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 it's like we, we, we can't completely, you know, wipe it out because there is a place for it, especially on the rugby field. But it's that massive contrast, isn't it, between being on the pitch and being sort of charged up and then, you know, just being out, outside of it. It must be, a, must be a real thing to go through, you know, mentally. Do, do you know what I mean? It's like a pr proper sort of mental thing going out onto a rugby pitch and the changing room and stuff like that, you know. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Is that a sort of a well, good summary? Yeah, I think what you're sort of pointing towards there is... Um, I suppose sometimes it could be described as a bit of an emotional roller coaster because you are having to get yourself into a kind of very pent up fight or flight kind of state once a week. Um, and then that might be twice a week with the forward session. That then might be you've got another session that you need that's, you know, maybe not as physical, but it's hard. Um, and I think that that does have an emotional cost to it as well as a physical one, if that makes sense. And you do get to a point where you're kind of, uh, like I was talking about, the thought of another pre-season is it's, they're hard enough anyway, just physically hard enough, but it's just the, you know, emotional part to all of that as well of, you know, we're going to be the fittest team and we're going to be hard as nails and nobody else is doing this and all of the the, the chat that does just kind of wane on you as you've been through a million pre-seasons and you get to the point where you just want to crack on and, and play. And I think that rugby's a, an interesting game that it is so physical and gladiatorial, but it is also quite archaic in the sense that most professional coaches were amateur, decent amateur rugby players. And we, we're now just starting with the with head coaches that were professional players. And, the, the you know, you see those teams, the La Rochelles, et cetera, are really starting to move on and be, develop into different types of teams because there's an appreciation of what it's like being a player. I think also just to add to that, you know, there, there is the, the macho-ness involved in rugby, of course there is, but actually, you know, I look back through my career and, you know, the, those, those best players who are most influential, the biggest, biggest, best leaders that I kind of played with and under are those ones that are able to sh show their emotional side and be the human side of, of, of playing and rallying people. Um, and, you know, it's quite easy to see past in all works of life, really, when people are sort of acting or staging things. It's got to be natural. It's got to be, and you know, that, you know, that emotional human side makes it an immediate connection um, between you and them, really, because you start believing it. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, got, I, I couldn't imagine, have, you know, the physical rigors of going through that and actually being at the pinnacle of the sports man that in itself just just hearing you talk about it i feel like almost like anxiety my good lord um so jens tell us about loose heads please so loose heads is the rugby mental health charity um and their mission is to place a mental health lead in every rugby club in the world um, they are raising funds to improve or widen the tools that are in their toolkit that they provide to clubs, but also they want to put some boots on the ground, support people that are out there to be able to offer um, more support to more clubs. We believe as ex-players that rugby clubs are special places that um, are a real sense of community for people to um, feel a sense of belonging and um, find a connection and we want to support loose heads uh, put more tools in their toolkit and um, feet on the ground 
I'll be honest, we agreed that we would climb Mont Blanc when we had a curry and a couple of beers. Don't know if any of us really believed that we would be doing it. And I certainly still can't believe that it's only a month away because um, I don't feel in the slightest bit prepared for it. But um, it's one of the things that has been amazing about this journey, just to finish this. I know this isn't specifically about loose heads, but... Kai touched on the camaraderie that you get by playing with with your mates. And I think one of the really nice things about doing this preparation together has been we've had a reason to be in touch every week beyond how's work going. Uh, yeah, it's all right. It's shit being retired. And it was nice when we used to do this. Uh, it's been really cool to, to connect um, again with, with these lads and, and, and take this challenge on. Oh, sounds. We'll, we'll, we'll have a little, little uh, chat about your preparations for this, um, for the for the climb as well in a minute. But um, I, I wanted just, uh, yeah, I mean, just moving on from that, you've got your own initiative as well, haven't you, Greg? Uh, the People's Captain, which you mentioned. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that and tell us what that involves? Yeah, happy to. Um, People's Captain is a mission company that makes award-winning beers not a beer company with a mission um from the experience i was telling you about before um my life was changed by having a pint of my best mate i learned to brew while i was up at leicester and um i wanted to create the company to stand for those social moments that happen all the time so we wanted to um be a force for good we donate from the profits of our sales to mental health charities across the uk lucid is one of those um and you know you can do some good by just buying the beer even if you don't want to have a conversation but what would be fantastic if is, is if people buy the beer and then actually say do you know what kai how are you doing that would be a nice start um so uh, that's people's captain in a bit of a nutshell i am conscious that you know we're sort of here today to talk about the mont blanc climb and lou said so i don't want to um plug too much but um you know peoplescaptain.co.uk you can find out everything you need to know um but also i suppose the other thing to mention is that people's captain and our other sponsors um are getting us up this mountain so every single pound that we raise for loose heads will go directly towards the cause of uh, placing mental health leads in every rugby club in the land. Mm. It's a great idea, actually, because um, that initial, you know, can I buy you a beer? That's a, that's a very easy thing um, for a man to do. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's nice, safe ground. I'll, let's get, I'll, I'll buy you a beer. But the idea that you actually you know that beer makes you think you know encourages you to say rather than did you see the football or oh look at her or whatever you know some cliche is actually saying oh how are you basically and um so i i do i do like that because um yeah it's it's an it's a it's a nice thing and kai have you are you involved in any i mean i know you've got your team kai and and that i mean i, don't, I know that's not um uh actually a, a sort of um mental health thing or whatever but are you sort of involved in loose heads yourself and people's captain and you know what are you up to i try i try and drink as much people's captain as i can uh, <laughs> good lad to help them with his monthly sales actually uh it's a type of friendship we have uh no i'm not no i, I um I'm, yeah, yeah, being a rugby person, you tend to be in and around um, loose heads because it's something that's close to our heart and you can try and get involved as much as you can. But no, not from a professional basis, really. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, no simple answer. <laughs> <laughs> and have you, and, and I'll, okay, this might be also no is a simple answer. Have you had any struggles with your mental health at all in your career? Uh, you know, because you're obviously sympathetic with the cause by going on this climb and you know or or are you uh have, have you had it quite easy basically no i wouldn't say that I, I don't think i've had any um see it's a difficult one really i think um it, it, in all journeys like the rugby journey in particular there's there's some proper low moments and there's there's moments when you're feeling proper down and struggling and things like that and but I, you know I've, I've i don't think i'd probably consider that mental health struggles if that makes sense i think it's just you know it's just shit times i've I've had during that journey but um i think what has really hit me is 
you know, seeing the likes of Greg and other guys we played played with, um, I won't go through really, but that that they've probably been in the gutter really, and, and that that when you create such a strong bond and friendship, and you have this brotherhood that you do in the change room, it's um, it hits you pretty deep actually, and um, that's that was really eye-opening for me, just seeing how how, how much someone can struggle at the back of it really. It is amazing. Well, I mean, it's great because obviously it's led you to get involved in this climb. So let's hear a bit more about it. So first of all, what preparations are you doing for the climb? And I mean, I know the answer because I was sent that lovely blog, but why Mount Blanc? So, well, like all uh, amazing ideas, it came after, as Greg said, um, a shed load of beers. And we kind of, um, I think we're, we're all kind of fancy take, taking on the challenge. So fundamentally, first and foremost, we wanted someone that was going to stretch us, push us, put us in, in well out of our comfort zone and something to take on. Um, I, I'd already sort of been exploring different ideas about what we could do anyway. And I wanted to do it with, with friends, really. And, and um, Greg and Dolly hero so it, I, was, I was keen to do it with them and they, they both jumped on board with it Mont Blanc mainly because we wanted to take on a, a challenging mountain and it was between that and Kilimanjaro and we'd done a fair amount of research Mont Blanc was a lot lot tougher so oh, that's wow. why we, we kind of that's kind of why we wanted to do it why sort of climbing well because it's just so foreign to us you know you, you look at the size of me and Greg you know we're not we're not built to climb we're just really not we're not we're not endurance athletes that's just not us um you know, we you know, tell us to scrum or do a line out with more, more, or we'll do it all bloody day for you. But you climb a mountain that's going to take six days. It's, it's um, it's not us at all. So it had to be something that was um, going to properly test us. And in terms of training, well, it's again, it's far out of our comfort zone because it's all, it's all endurance-led stuff. It's um, it's time on your feet. It's you know, very different to professional rugby where so much of it is explosive-based. Um. Of course, you have sort of anaerobic endurance stuff off the back of that, but this is just long periods, just you know, climbing. That's essentially it, and it's just it's 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 tough, it's hard, and you've got to get to a stage where your body feels comfortable with it. So it's your body feeling comfortable doing like an eight-hour shift over the moors, and then wake up the next morning and doing it again. Um, you know, that's sort of you know, those are the sort of elements you're doing. You're 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 marathon training, not looking ready to that you could run a 400 meter race if that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. Really. and it's um it's is it forty eight thousand feet is that correct or the equivalent of 48 rugby no, fields? Really hope not. <laughs> jesus <laughs> it's it's uh it's, it's 50, 50, 15 and a half thousand feet i think okay okay <laughs> so, uh, if well, that sure feet now. I, think, I think we're getting to the moon <laughs> 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 I was like, I, I was going for. I was like, forty-eight thousand. That sounds a bit much, actually. No, it's, 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 it's four thousand eight hundred meters. That's the one I was looking for. There we go. I'll do your research for you. I will tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Woo! Take a breather. So, so, so I mean, yeah, because because we've like the sort of sport relief and um well recently there was um doddy weir's um fundraising for motor neurone disease it, it, you know so you, sport can definitely you think sport can definitely play a, a part in helping charities uh you know does it do you think it re by doing it are you, you sort of reaching people that don't normally sort of look into those those areas well i think um you know the large majority of Doddy's fundraising has come from the rugby community. Mm. Um, you know, Kev, Kev Sinfield obviously is um, running for Rob Burrows um, and the story of their friendship is is amazing. Mm. Um, what he's done is genuinely amazing. Um, <clears throat> I think that what this has got the opportunity to capture is the ability for the rugby community to to get behind itself and to put some serious support into into itself um you know we, we were sort of chatting the other day and you know rugby's in a really tough place at the moment and the people that suffer the most are the players but there's also coaches and staff that will be involved with these teams that go through all of the highs and lows that Kai was talking about as well they just you know perhaps don't get as much focus because fundamentally we're very selfish as players because you kind of have to be a little bit to to perform 
Um, and I think what you know, I suppose we're trying to do is tap into that rugby community and say, "Come on, guys! Like Lucas are trying to put these people out there to support people. They just need a little bit of help to do it." And you know, everybody can find a fiver when they need it um, for for a coffee or whatever. And I know times are tough for people at the moment, but I suppose what we're asking is that you would consider perhaps not having that uh, that coffee out or whatever it might be and just donate a couple of quid towards loose heads um with this climb mm. and how are they doing loose heads in their in their mission to get uh these people at every is it every club that they what they want to do it or um yeah every club in the world um wow. I, I can tell you that i know that they have over 800 clubs that are um affiliated with them and that have um you know loose heads uh flag waving um in terms of how far that goes i mean they are on every continent in the planet they have clubs in south africa new zealand australia india africa there's plenty of um and europe obviously they have um if i missed any continents guy i'm sure you'll pick me up on it um they have uh yeah a pretty pretty wide reach and they've got a fantastic array of ambassadors as well that are also happy to say that that they've struggled or that they're happy to support so um it's it's the leading mental health charity for rugby and um yeah they're doing a great job amazing amazing I, do you know what, Ken? I just want to circle back to something you said. Um, you you were just saying that rugby's in a really hard place at the moment for like players, coaches, for that. Could you elaborate a bit on on what you meant by that? Uh, yeah. Um, commercially, rugby hasn't been run particularly well for for years, and I don't think it's really found a way to to be viable. We've seen three teams in the Premiership fold in the last two years. Um, and what that means is there's, you know, 150-ish players from those clubs that are then without a job. And it's not just the players, it's the coaches and the staff. Um, so it suffered a lot during the pandemic because you know, there aren't many clubs that turn a profit. They are run by wealthy owners that are happy to part with millions of pounds a year to, to um, put the club where it needs to be, which is you know excellent and very generous. But when you're not playing any games and you don't get the TV money, it's pretty difficult to, um, to sustain. And there are plenty of clubs that have got, um, that are in the red and on their books. But I think um, more than that, it's we're only, what, 20 years, 30 years into the club being professional, in, and I put professional in inverted commas, because it's it's still got a way to go in terms of player welfare, coach and staff welfare, how we transition athletes out of the game, uh, the medical care for players post-retirement. Those sorts of things will you know make the game much more professional, in my opinion. Hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Here's here's a very just a weird a weird curveball question, but do you think constant bangs on the head uh, can affect your mental health? I know that's really, um, yeah, that's just a question. I'm just going to come out with that one. What do you think? Uh, well, it definitely can. Um, the science says that we're pretty convinced convinced that um, constant head trauma um, not just has the ability to you know cause alzheimer's and dementia later in life um but it has a significant impact on your um mental health uh from that too so i think the research has been um plowed into significantly in the last two to five years something like that and i think we're all part of the spit test um to see if they can find out what what uh, what actually happens um but i don't think we're really going to know the full impacts of um repeated trauma until we're old enough to tell you what they are if we can remember mm. yeah what um what um okay there's very um so so let's just quickly mention the missing link which is phil dolman what's his has he got a mental health journey what's his role in in this um is he reti- don't know anything about him is he retired now as well do you want to take that one, Kai? Uh, do you want me to take that one, Greg? 
please. Um, what's firstly, I'll ask the first question what's his role? I mean, a bloody good question, that, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> He's an absolute shower of shit. I, uh, <laughs> I'd be surprised if he turns up for the flight over there tonight, but he's, um, he, he hasn't added a lot to this whole journey so far, so we hope that essentially he's going to carry us up the mountains to make up for it. I think he, uh, <laughs> he has he's, he played at XG's for a long, long time, obviously. He's one of, uh, I suppose he's, he's often talked about as best Welsh player never to get a cap. Um, uh, has he any mental health? You'll have to ask him that, to be honest. Yeah. He, he hasn't sort of been public about it, but um, he's a little bit like me, I think. He, uh, he's experienced strong friendships um, and witnessed some, some strong friends go through their struggles. So yeah. I think um, he's probably un, un, aligned with me on that. Um, but he's, he's, a, he's a great, he, you know, Greg and I have played, played with him for a long time and he's, he's, he's one of the greats in terms of if you go into the trenches, he's definitely one of them in the trench with you. Um, so on a, on a journey like this, he's super positive. He's got a great mindset. He'll encourage us to get up. And, and that's kind of what you want in a challenge like this because there's going to be periods where you, you're all struggling. Um, and you, that's that's when you rely on each other to, to push each other up. And, and that's hopefully what we've got. And we, we, we've done it before, plenty of pre-seasons together, and we, we know what it's like. So I'm hoping that, that that'll be enough to get us through. I like that. You've got your soldiers with you on this mission. That's amazing. That is really, really <laughs> Uh, and, and we're not going to tell him that he said he's useless. We won't tell him. <laughs> yeah, please do. Yeah, you told him most weeks, so you, it wouldn't be me. Yes. So, so basically, so what? Um, what next then after the climb? I mean, once once that's done, you're hoping to raise a nice bit of money. Um, tell well, thousand actually. Is that right? You're aiming to raise fifty thousand on this climb. Uh, well, it, the number that I've pulled out my ass. <laughs> no, we did have that on our just giving, but to be honest, we, uh, we we weren't really sure what we should put in there as a target. Um, so we, we we'll be grateful. Lucas will be grateful for any amount that we raise them. Um, we will be astounded if we um, if we raise anything. Um, to be honest, um, I think we what next we really don't want to have that conversation kai tried to have that conversation with us last time we were together phil and i are trying to desperately avoid um what is next because this has not been particularly easy to mm. train for organize all of those that actually i don't know why phil's bothered about the organization he's not not done a great deal towards it <laughs> but um from 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 our point of view i think we, we're all in a space now where we're a month out we, you know, we want to get get up there um, and do do lose some justice and and raise them a bit of cash. If it's uh, if it's really hard, then we'll probably just let Kai do the next one by himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that Loosehead's really lucky to have you guys um, in their corner supporting them. I think it's going to be really really successful. I do think that. Um, so for anybody who's listening that do want to contribute and support you, how can they do that? The Just Giving link, which we will provide you, um, whether you want to put that in your comments, look for Tackling Mont Blanc. Um, it's also on our social handles. I'm Greg Bateman, Kai Horseman, and Phil Dolman, as well as on People's Captain's social handles as well. Let's see what you did there, Tackling Mont Blanc, that's very good. Uh, well, you know, it is our first rodeo, but <laughs> just yeah, a lot of beers. That's all you need. Creative <laughs> session. Oh, brilliant! So, so yeah, so I think that's. I mean, we're we're probably about uh, in in our sort of uh, wrapping up um, time. Um, it's been marvelous talking to you. What what what, what advice would you give the? Um, the the sports man or woman who's out who's just starting up what advice would you give them um to keep themselves in a good place um as they start out on their um sporting journey uh, mentally uh, good question actually um i think that, i think the, the the best thing is is get Get good, positive people around you. Really, when you're going on going on this journey, because there's going to be periods when when you're at a bit of a low point. And I think the easy the easy thing for human nature is to kind of drift towards 
I don't know, easy options sometimes and real creatures of comfort me to you know, we do I think fundamentally like to take the easy option a lot of the time and what you want is big good positive people around you probably get it sometimes it's not necessarily what you want to hear that's the right option mm. um so i think for me and looking back at the, the the successful parts i had is when i had really good key positive um influences around me that really helped me on that journey yeah i i think that's very well put mate definitely the people around you but also um knowing who you are beyond what you do and you know having other avenues other hats to put on outside of whatever it is you do whether they are just hobbies um rather than pursuits and professions having other things that you can get involved in um is is super healthy and important love it well there you go Listeners, rugby players can talk about their feelings. They can talk about mental health. It's all a myth. If they can do it, anyone can do it. And we encourage you, whatever field of life you're in now, however macho or unmacho it is, just talk and it will make things a lot better for you. You're here. Right. Um, okay. Well, that's that's been man up uh, for another. Um, thank you very much, Greg and Kai. We wish you all all the all the best on your climb. I hope you raise lots of money, and I hope um, you have a great climb. Is it a dangerous, particularly dangerous one? Maybe we shouldn't talk about that. But is it quite a, a toughie? It, yeah, it, it it is. I, it, I think it's the mountain that's claimed the most lives, actually, which is oh. never a great. So I think. Um, since since they've been keeping record, I think about eight thousand have died. So it's not not ideal. Oh, but I think we're we're in a uh, we're, apparently we've got a good good guide. <laughs> so that's all right. <laughs> Fingers crossed, eh? <laughs> what could get wrong? Yeah. Uh, that's, how we um, <laughs> no, that's amazing, fellas. Well done. Really good luck. That is amazing. We wish you all the best. We really do. We do. Thank you very much. Thank yeah. you for having us. Yeah. Thanks for having us, guys. All the best. Brilliant. That's been Man Up. Uh, We'll speak to you next time. Bye-bye.